32GI. Leading sports nutrition provider. Focused on health and performance. 32GI. Trusted sports nutrition advisors. You're listening to 32GI Sports Nutrition. I'm Mr. Active David Katz. A great chat we had last week with Grace Tech from Melbourne, Australia, an up-and-coming triathlete, ultra-distance triathlete. Unfortunately, she didn't have the greatest result at Asia-Pacific 70.3 champs over the weekend, uh, picking up food poisoning just before the race. Still attempted uh, to do it, but didn't get through the run in the end. But a fine athlete, I'll put a link up if you want to hear that podcast from last week. This week, as we continue to look at some inspirational athletes out there, it's a great pleasure now to welcome Chris Cherry onto the podcast. Chris, thanks for joining us. Thanks, David. Thanks for having me. Chris, first of all, for a lot of people won't know this, but uh, you are, of course, uh, the brother of uh, Caroline Bostman, of course, comrades and two oceans champion in the past. And uh, I mean, that, that went a long way, didn't it, seeing her win those two, to sort of starting your journey with ultramarathons? Yeah, for sure, man. I must say, I'm so proud to be Caroline's brother. I don't mind if people refer to me as that. Um, but yeah, I mean, she she was the one who, I guess, um, sort of showed me that a normal person could break through the I guess the elite barrier. You know, I think all of us, or many of us, see the elite guys as untouchable. And seeing her sort of go from just my sister to a superhero was just so close to home and, and so inspirational. And really, yeah, encouraged me to, to, I guess, try something along those lines myself and see how far I can get. Well, we've done some great chats with Caroline over the past couple of years as well around those wins. I'll put those up as well. But Chris, I mean, in sport, in, in school, uh, you know, sort of after school, did you ever think you had the sort of ability to run this fast? Um, I still don't see myself as as, as fast. Um, I think fast is more the short distances. But um, I did do cross country at school. Um, I played squash, and you know, people will tell you in squash, I I could run forever. Um, I might not have always had the best shots, but I stayed in the rally just by pure grit. Um, Comrades, I don't know, like, um, it, it wasn't something I, I would have expected would become a passion. I think that only came about when, when Caroline did well and then I started thinking, you know, maybe there's like something in the genes and maybe it's worth a try. Um, and yeah, here we are, you know, three or four years later after sort of getting into the long distance stuff and yeah, just loving the journey. Well, Chris, you say not fast, and yes, it's an endurance event, and yes, it's an ultra event, but uh, what were your split times if you broke it down this year with your 6.03? Um, it works out to about four minutes a K. Um, the the second half was a little bit tougher. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, four minutes a K, I suppose if you're looking at the shorter distances, it's not that fast. Um, to be honest, even with my shorter distances, I can't run that much faster than that. Um, so, yeah, I guess with comrades, I was sort of pushing my, my limits. Well, it's the kind of race uh, where you do do that, but I think for 98% of people out there running 90Ks at 4 minutes a K, Chris, is like pretty extreme. So <laughs> give yourself <laughs> a little bit of credit. But I want to take you back now. So Caroline has found you, but you ran your first comrade in 2015. You did about just under 8.5. Mm. A year after that, you took a good two hours off that. 
What was the difference? What did you do differently between that first one where you're feeling your way a little bit as a novice and then coming and running a sub uh, 6.30? Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I could try and pinpoint point a few things. I think probably the biggest thing was just um, being a bit more experienced and, and expecting the pain. You know, the first comrades, I... Yeah, I guess I was I was ambitious. I'm I, I'm ambitious every single year. I, I trained a bit with Caroline and a group that she had set up at, at Fitz. Um and I went in there on my first one with a goal of silver. You know, people sort of laughed at me, and I just thought, well, let me go for it anyway. And the last twenty k's were just the hardest twenty k's of my life. And so, you know, the second one, I I definitely trained harder. Sort of built on on that preparation. I had a like a long cycle trip from Joburg to Cape Town, which was actually just for fun. My, my wife and I and a few other couples over two weeks. Um, also in, included a bit of strength work. Um, but then I think probably the, the most telling thing was something that I, that I wasn't planning, but I was doing a, a long training run with, with Caroline and her coach, also my coach now, Lindy Perry. Um, and during the long run, he just told me about one of his comrades where he, he learned the lesson that you, you can't out-train comrades. And basically, what he meant by that was that you can train as much as you want, but it's always going to hurt. So prepare yourself for it. And so I went into that, comrades, I think a bit more ready for the pain. Um, and, yeah, so when, when the pain came, I do think I was better trained, so I could sort of push through it. Um, but I was also a bit more mentally prepared um, to push through it. Now, Chris, that's a fantastic bit of advice. And, I mean, Lindsay Parry, of course, the Comrades coach, he is a world of experience when it comes to not only running that race, but um, ultramarathons in general. Mm. I also had a chat with uh, Grace Tech last week and asked her because, you know, as Ironman athletes in 70.3, there's a tendency mm. and ability to overtrain and overrace. Is that something that you also sort of quite sharply sort of look at? I mean, yes, it's Comrades. Yes, you need lots of mileage. But it's something mm. that you try to manage, that sort of not overtraining. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think in my first few years of, of this long distance stuff, you know, I've always tried not to go too far beyond what, I, what I've done in the past. Um, but in the last few years, going that little extra, extra distance has come quite naturally. You know, I've sort of set out the plan for the, for the next season and this is the mileage progression and every week sort of ticking that off. Um, and this past season was actually the first year where the plan just didn't happen. You know, there were there were times where I had little niggles that I had to work through and just generally at times wasn't feeling great, um, revisiting my diet, sleep, you know, pulling back on the training. Um, so it really was, um, I think, a lesson in in getting closer to the, you know, the art of training as opposed to just the science of it because you can read manuals and listen to podcasts that tell you do X, Y, Z, but if it's not working for you, it's not working for you, you know. So I think... I really learned that this year that I that I need to get um, more in tune with my body and learn how my body copes with certain things. So yeah, I, I do actually feel that at times I was sort of on the verge of overtraining um, and just following a bit of intuition and with with Lindsay's advice, we managed to avoid that that entire entire year. Well, that's a fantastic bit of advice for anyone because you can follow the best strategy in the world and the best coaching plan, but you've got to understand how your body works. Talking about that as well, you mentioned a little bit on nutrition. Is that mm. process happening as well year on year? You're kind of developing, changing your strategy. Uh, you know, has your nutrition vastly changed from 2015 now to where we are in 2018? 
Um, yeah, it has. I mean, look, generally, I, I, I try to eat quite healthy. Um, my wife and I are, are quite extreme in, in, in that sense. I've tried veganism, I've tried banking, I've tried various different things. Um, some work, work better than others. But I think the underlying principle is, is to just try and find what, what's best for my body. Um, so over, over time, that does change. Um, about a year ago, actually, around this time, sort of after Comrades, always my time to you know, revisit things. Um, I set up a chat with Mark Wolf, and um, yeah, he was just so generous with his time and advice, and really helped me sort of tweak a couple of things in my in my diet to, I guess, try and get closer to that, you know, sort of like optimal race weight for for endurance events. Now, tell me, so looking at that, where you sort of found yourself this year, I mean, a phenomenal run, we touched on it, I think I said a 6.03 year ran, you were 23rd overall at Comrades, it was, um, of course, mm. the down run ending in the stadium for the first time, so it was a bit longer, it was a little bit unknown for everyone, uh, you, yeah. you obviously, you had a great run, how did you deal with your strategy in terms of nutrition, what was the key to success for you this year? Yeah, so, look, during during my training, I, I generally, I, I try not to over-supplement, um, so I'll rather like make my own shakes and, and do certain things. For my, my speed workouts, I use the, the 32GI Endure and, and the race now and then. And, and of course, I love the, the vegan bars, which are just, you know, all natural ingredients. Um, on the race itself, um, I pretty much fuel with a liquid diet. You know, I find when you are pushing your limits to actually stomach solid food, it gets quite, quite challenging. So pretty much throughout the race, I was having 32GI race. Um, I did have a couple of hydration tablets, um, but I, I did learn a bit of a hard lesson. Rather get the fizz out of them, you know, before the race. Um, but then also, just at a couple of key points, I had the 32 GI protein shake, the, um, the recover, and then also the, the 32 GI caffeine caffeine shots. Uh, caffeine, is it something you look to sort of reduce? I know Mark always talks about there's huge benefits to it, but in that week before, I mean. The problem is also we have uh, lives. We work hard, we do this, we sort of rely on caffeine. Yeah. Were you able to cut yeah. it down before an event like that to maximize uh, sort of its impact on race day? Yeah, look, I have I have such a love-hate relationship with, with coffee in particular. Um, and I, I find that it's it's one of those things that I love. I love pouring cappuccinos, you know. But there are times where I think where, where life stress in particular picks up a bit and I just start getting this buzz and I can feel the cortisol, the stress in me. So this particular year, as I was saying with my training, there were times where things weren't quite going right. Um, I actually pulled out completely from caffeine and coffee for about three months before comrades. Um, and, and I actually found that that kind of helped me just um, handle a couple of stresses, you know, work-related and, and, and training in addition to that. Um, so, yeah. I didn't have caffeine for at least a week, but, but longer than that this particular year. Chris, you talked about sort of not realizing sort of you had the ability to run at an elite level and the beauty of ultra and having seen Caroline do it. Of course, she's gone on to run. She's got a few gold medals. You personally, you know, you've gone 606. Now you've got 603. Your times have been phenomenal. Do you see that as something that can happen in the next couple of years, dipping under six and possibly challenging for a gold medal? It's a dream. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to come across as arrogant, but I, I guess this year, I feel like I've, I've crossed the barrier of, of belief, you know, in that before the elites were very much untouchable. And I feel like 
now I, I feel a bit more comfortable in that space. You know, I mean, with all due respect to those runners, you know, Gift Kaleer, David Gutebe, all of them, they, they really are phenomenal. But I've realized that they're also human, you know, and they go through the same challenges that I'm going through. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, something you, you can't do is force improvement. Um, but I guess I'll just keep um, picking away and, you know, hopefully, God willing, my body can come along for the ride. Well, Chris, I really do enjoy stories like yours. Of course, as you said, again, I mean, we harbor on it, but Caroline was this inspiration, not only for you, but we've seen so many runners come through and just get these incredible times, and uh, mm. they've developed this sort of understanding or ability of as an ultramarathon runner. I mean, if we look at the likes of Ryan Sand, same thing. Didn't realize he had this yeah. talent until he started running long. So it's been fantastic yeah. to see. It's, it's great to have you out there. And we'll be following your journey. Thanks for your time. And, and we look forward to seeing how you go at Comrades in the next couple of years. Yeah, thanks so much, David. Really appreciate it. 32 GI. Leading sports nutrition provider. Focused on health and performance. 32GI. Trusted sports nutrition advisors.